Welcome to Kindreds, a podcast for soul sisters. I'm Ashley Peterson. And I'm Katie Zay. We're kindred spirits talking all things faith, feminism, and friendship from our homes in the South. Hey, Katie. Hey, girl. I also want to say hi to all of our listeners. Yes. And let you know, we are taking a pause from our regular podcast schedule just to check in with each other and to check in with you about how we're all coping with the coronavirus pandemic. We are recording. Today is Friday, March 20th. We had planned to talk about allyship and what it means to be a good ally, and that has taken on a whole new meaning in this era of physical distancing for the common good, wouldn't you say, Katie? Yeah, absolutely. I think we are in some ways living into allyship right now by thinking about how our mm-hmm. everyday actions impact other people, maybe in ways that we should have been thinking about before. Um, mm-hmm. And I think physical distancing for those of us who are able to um, is not only about keeping ourselves healthy and safe and our loved ones safe, but really for the health of those who are most vulnerable in this moment. So yeah, we are exploring what it lives, what it looks like to really live into that um, in a very unique way. Yeah. And I'll also share something. (laughs) This is kind of funny, maybe a little bit of dark humor, (laughs) but we decided not to release the Kindred's pick that we had recorded a few weeks ago because my pick was The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker, which is a book all about planning great social gatherings. Oh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) It is an awesome book, but it might not quite be what people are looking for right now. (laughs) Maybe we'll release it down the road. Maybe we'll scrap it all together. Yeah. Maybe when our long-awaited time of being able to join together, we could all learn from that book and just have a really great first social gathering. (laughs) Yeah, a really great party. A really great party, But. In the meantime, Katie, I will start by asking you, how have you been over the last few weeks and how are you now? Ooh, I feel like it's a minute by minute kind of thing. Um, And I've shared this with you offline, but before we were really paying serious attention to this pandemic, I was really feeling this heaviness in my body that I couldn't really put my finger on. And I been traveling a lot. So I thought, well, maybe I'm just tired from that. I've been involved in some kind of dicey situations politically. And so I was like, well, maybe I'm just exhausted from that. Um, and it felt like a depression, real low energy malaise, almost feeling like I had the flu, but without any symptoms. And um, hmm. it took me about five days of that to realize that what I was feeling was actually not about anything personal to me, but that I was feeling this global energy of fear and anxiety and panic. And, um, once I could kind of figure out, Oh, that's what this is about. And Mm -hmm. it it started to make sense to me and I could deal with it a little bit better because I think my first instinct was to feel like, Oh, there's something wrong with me that Mm -hmm. I'm feeling this way for this long. But this moment is so huge. Of course, it's going to take a toll on us in ways that we couldn't anticipate. And I'm sure we're all feeling the heaviness or whatever that looks like for you. In a real physical way. Yeah. So I think what I'm learning is that, and I know you're going to talk about this too, I think, is just a lot of my coping strategies are inadequate for this moment. Yep. And a lot of them really were strategies in the past to help keep me just pushing forward into business as usual. Yeah, you're right. You know, like, what can I do real quick to fill up my tank a little bit so I can just keep pushing? 
Yep. And get back to work. Yeah. But now there's no business as usual, really. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's created a lot of chaos for everybody. Um, so I'm not focused so much on this, like getting back to normal because there is no more normal anymore. Mm -hmm. And that in some ways is very scary, but it's also freeing me of some pressure that I was feeling before. And I think it's allowed me to be a bit more fully present in my emotions and also with my family. And one practical thing, and actually this was your suggestion. I think I reached out to you about a week ago about Mm -hmm. just these feelings I was having and you recommended doing a ritual bath. And I said, well, I don't really like baths, but I love the shower. And so did this very intentional like cleansing ritual. Once Sammy was in bed, I lit candles in my bathroom and I got like the best body wash I had and just (laughs) set the intention for the space to be a cleansing healing time for me um, in the midst of my distress. And it really helped me slow things down. It helps me calm down, experience Mm -hmm. being in my body and centered me in the present moment rather than getting stuck in that headspace of like, what if and down the downward spiral. And it, it really helped me sleep better that night. So I would recommend that to anybody who's looking for a way, something you could do at home. Hopefully everybody has you know access to running water. Um, yeah. And just set the intention to care for yourself in that way. So what about you? I know this has been really tough on you as well. Well, I just first want to say thank you for sharing that about the sort of cleansing, emotionally and physically cleansing value of water and a bath and a shower. And I think that as you were talking, I was remembering that's one of the suggestions they have for how to calm down a baby, you know, Mm. that's like freaking out or you can't get them to sleep. Try a reset with a nice soothing, like lavender bath. And I was just thinking how useful that is for even little kids too. You know, Mm. if we're just stuck inside and not having a great day, you know, having a fun bath time now. Like it's the same kind of idea, but I love just putting the intention behind it of Mm -hmm. this is going to help me emotionally and mentally. And I just wanted to say that too. So (laughs) me, okay. Emotionally, I have a few things going on. So I've talked on the show before about my anxiety. I have a lot of coping skills that I've learned throughout my life like you said, to get back to business as usual, to get back on an even keel. So it's mostly controlled, but then stressful events happen and it comes out. Um, This weekend, especially seeing the empty store shelves, there's something about that was really triggering. And then when it hit me that my household income is going to take a significant hit, that really kicked my anxiety into overdrive. We are really lucky that my job is stable. My income is stable. I work from home already. So not a lot has changed for my day to day, but y'all might remember from previous episodes. I've talked before about how my husband, Pat left his corporate job mm-hmm. around the time that Avery was born. So he could be home more and he went into real estate Yeah, and now is a really rough time for everybody in the real estate industry. And there's a lot of uncertainty. A lot of business has stopped. It's just, um, it's really scary. So I spent most of Monday, like early this week, completely unable to sit still, unable to focus, really unable to work or do anything other than just check the news, honestly, and check in with my loved ones. And that is how my anxiety shows up in that sort of like just frantic, Mm -hmm. unable to really focus on anything. I will say it's starting to ease up. 
as I have kind of moved out of that initial shock into just more of an acceptance of this is what's happening. And now we need to think about how practically we're going to deal with everything. But the other thing is, and I think a lot of people can probably relate to this, I am just sad. We have had to cancel so many fun things that I was looking forward to. We had a lot planned for the spring, and now because of the virus, our family vacation has been postponed. My brother and his fiance are supposed to be here this week. I haven't mm-hmm. seen them in over a year, and I really miss them. And I'm just disappointed. And then I feel guilty for feeling disappointed, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But something I'm realizing is that much like you pointed out, our coping methods aren't available to us. And one of the ways I cope with my anxiety is to have things to look forward to Mm -hmm. planning breaks and trips, planning date nights, spending time with loved ones. And it feels like all of those options have just been taken from us and it sucks. And then knowing that it's for the common good doesn't make it suck any less, you know? No, no, you're so right. And I've been thinking about how much interrupted, joy and, and canceled celebrations that are happening Mm -hmm. right now with weddings canceled and trips like yours and graduations, Mm -hmm. um, and, and funerals too, right? Like people aren't able to gather. I have a really good friend who just passed away from ovarian cancer and, um, her family doesn't know when they'll have a service for her. So Mm -hmm. just thinking about the ways that we are not able to go through these kinds of rites of passages together Um, I don't know what that means for us and how we're going to cope with that. Um, yeah, I guess we'll, we will figure it out, but yeah, it sucks. It sucks to have fun plans canceled and to have everything disrupted. Um, you know, Matt and I were talking last night, we gotten tickets to see a show with Sammy and it's scheduled for May, mid May, but that probably won't happen. Um, And I think it's it's so normal to be disappointed, you know, even if they seem small in the big picture, um, because we're human and we have feelings and it's really hard not to judge ourselves. And I think the com- when people start making comparisons and saying, well, other people have it worse, that actually mm-hmm. psychologically doesn't do anything to make our own feelings dissipate. They just mm-hmm. make us feel guilty on top of the already ne- hard feelings that yes. we're having. So yeah, everybody get off the hook. You're allowed to feel your feelings. Please feel your feelings. Yes. <laughs> we'll all be better off if you feel your feelings. Yes. <laughs> um, so I feel that I feel the disappointment, but I'm also just terrified a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and concerned and worried. I have a brother and a doc- who's a doctor in a major city, um, in a hospital. So I'm worried about him and I'm worried about everybody I know and people who are vulnerable. Uh, a lot of the categories of people that the Bible tells us to care for, you know, people without homes Mm -hmm. or resources, people who are in prison. I don't feel like we talk about them enough. Um, people are already sick, people who are living alone, people who are victims of abuse in their homes, who are now stuck in their homes. That's another thing that I've been thinking about. And I'm just worried about the long term impact that this is going to have on all of us, whether we get sick or not. And mm-hmm. you know, the whole world is so fragile. Like you were saying, we're individually fragile and our whole ecosystem is fragile and interconnected. And mm-hmm. that's beautiful and scary. Um, but in a strange way, I feel like that interconnectedness is really what is giving me some joy, even in small moments, um, that we're connecting with each other and loving each other in these new ways using God bless technology, honestly. 
Um, I shared with you, I watched John Legend do a live concert on Instagram. Yes, it was so good. It was so good. And it just had this amazing feeling of community. Um, yeah. And I commented on it. And then two seconds later, Shonda Rhimes commented. And it was like this cool moment of coming together for art and joy and beauty. And it was such a generous thing for him to do. And I know a lot of other artists are doing similar things. So I mm-hmm. appreciate the way people are using the technology that we have to create community, um, mm-hmm. even if it's not the same. But who would get to see John Legend perform live typically? <laughs> so, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I will say, I'm really loving having so much time with Sammy. It's been really fun. She's been home. We've been home for about a week without going much anywhere. And yeah. we can't go to our usual spots like the kids museum, the trampoline parks. So we're spending a lot of time just walking through the woods and exploring nature. And we've had real conversations about all kinds of things. And she's really making me laugh a lot. Um, and you know, since I never got maternity leave, this is probably the most time that I've had with her since she was born apart from family vacation. So I am trying to really appreciate that lack of busyness. Mm-hmm. means that there's a lot more quality time with her. So I am seeing that as a positive from this experience. Wow. I think that's really beautiful. And I'm really glad that you mentioned interconnectedness because that's something I've been thinking about a lot in the past two weeks or so. We were talking before the show about journaling and you were telling me about how much it's been helpful for you to write. And I was thinking Every time I sit down and start to write, what comes out right now is so much anger. Yeah. I am so angry. Yes. And I feel like I just need to get something off my chest. I know we don't typically swear on this show. I'm going to break this rule just (laughs) this once. But y'all, patriarchy is bullshit and it needs to end. Go on, girl. (laughs) Did you see that first circus of a press statement? Oh, my God. Our president got up with a bunch of white male corporate CEOs and talked about how capitalism is going to save us. That's what's killing us. (laughs) It's killing us. That is complete and utter garbage. What's going to save us is our interconnectedness. Yes. Our compassion our kindness, our generosity, our sacrifice, and our hard work for the greater good, our shared humanity. Mm -hmm. That is what's going to save us. Mm -hmm. We mentioned the book Wild Mercy by Mirabai Starr in our Uh, Mysticism and Inner Wisdom episode, and I picked it up right after we recorded. This book is incredible, y'all. I think you should all get it. Mm -hmm. I want to share this paragraph that I came across in a chapter this Monday night. I pulled this book out and was just um, flipping through it, looking for anything that I could cling to, Mm -hmm. to help me manage my anxiety, to help me make some sense of what is happening right now. And this, this paragraph really stuck to me. Slowly, I remembered that the feminine mystic is a different creature than the manly prophet. She is not a lone wolf raising her voice in the wilderness. She is not a strident preacher warning of doom. She is only as powerful as her community. Alone, she is nothing, and she knows it. 
the very concept of an individual Messiah makes no sense to her. When she hears the cries of the world, she reaches out and grasps the hands of her sisters, gathers up her children and asks the blessings of her elders, kisses her lover and turns the kettle to simmer and rides straight into the arms of the mystery where she will wait until it is clear what needs to be done. And then together with her companions, she will do it. Yes, I actually read the same chapter this week. Yes, it's so good. My desperate, desperate prayer and my hope and my plea is that this experience will ultimately be a gift to humanity to challenge the ways that we structure our systems of power around white male heroes. And finally, Mm -hmm. finally start to open up to the collective power we share as human beings. We are absolutely in this together. And I don't mean this as in this pandemic, but this as in the human struggle for justice and truth. Mm. However, in this present moment, we have to get through the days as best we can. So, Katie, (laughs) what is working for you right now? Mm. Well, first, I just want to acknowledge your, your emotion that's coming up and I, I feel a lot of gratitude for the ways that you've inspired me to explore some spiritual practices over the last six months, because I'm really, really grateful that I have them right now. And I'm thankful that we've been exploring some of these other ways of being connected to one another and the universe, because if I didn't have that stuff in place right now, I think it would be much, much harder mm-hmm. to get through. So Thank you for sharing that. And I've also been reading that book and it really, it's been what's helping me get to sleep at night. So I really, really highly recommend it. And I love that we were reading the same passage this week and not knowing it. That's a great synchronicity. Um, So I don't know. I don't know if anything is actually working right now. I don't even know if we're taking it one day at a time. We're kind of taking it one hour block at a time. Mm -hmm. And every evening, Matt and I sit down to figure out what our daily schedule is going to be for the next day. Because Sammy is home, Mm -hmm. even though her childcare is Mm -hmm. open, we've opted to keep her home. So we're trying to figure out how to do two jobs. And both Matt and I are in leadership. And both of our organizations and companies are in chaos and Mm -hmm. take care of a five-year-old at the same time in the way that we want to do it. And it's, it's okay. It's not great. And I'm not sure how we're going to do it if this becomes a long-term thing, but we just keep shifting things around, but there's no way to fit it all in. I mean, there's just no way to fit two eight-hour jobs plus full-time childcare. I mean, if we didn't sleep, I guess. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Just take sleep off the table. If we were just machines, but we're not machines. So um, even with that challenge, we are doing our best so far to maintain, and this is the first week of this, right? We're trying to maintain a normal weekday routine as much as possible. So I'm still getting up early. I'm doing my spiritual practices of meditation and journaling and pulling tarot. And even though the gym's closed, I'm exercising at home. I'm lucky that I have some equipment that I can use. But even if you don't, we'll talk about this in a few minutes. Um, There's Mm -hmm. lots of ways to keep moving your body. We're keeping regular meal times and routines for Sammy, including an hour of quiet time in the afternoon where she's supposed to stay in her room. 
Does it work? Uh, mixed results. <laughs> and we're also um, getting outdoors as much as we can. So as long as that is um, an option for us, mm-hmm. we're going to hiking trails and to lakes and ponds. And now that it's warming up, we can spend some time out in nature. And um, I think it's supposed to rain the next few days. So we'll probably be pulling out the rain boots and rain jackets and umbrellas. Yeah. So we're holding it together the best that we can. Um, but it's definitely not easy and it's very stressful and it's hard to hold the practical with all the emotional. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. <sighs> yes. <laughs> all of that. <laughs> right now we are still sending Avery to his sitter's house. We are evaluating that on a day-to-day basis. His sitter is a neighbor. It's private with just a few children. We know all the parents are working from home at this point, and we're able to walk every day to pick him up and drop him off. And so right now, that feels right for us in trying to keep things as normal for him as possible Mm -hmm. as long as we can. Mm -hmm. We feel incredibly fortunate to have this option, and I recognize that not everybody would make this choice, and it wouldn't be the best choice um, for everyone, but it's what we've decided to do. And I just want to take this minute to just acknowledge that we're all doing the best we can and some of us are making different choices calculating risk differently it's different for all of us we all have different priorities that we've got to figure out how to juggle and so no judgment from either of us Mm -hmm. um for just making those decisions as best you can yeah And we are also trying to get outside as much as we can. I'm also fortunate that we live pretty close to the beach. Pat and I were able to go for a walk the other morning that was just really needed and really nice. nice. Yeah. And I've started, I pulled out a random like old packets of seeds from (laughs) summer's past and I had a bag (laughs) of potting soil under the house that I found. And so I actually um, got Avery to help me plant a couple of things and uh we'll see what comes up I don't know oh my gosh it was so cute on your Instagram stories (laughs) when you asked him what he plants and he said water water (laughs) that's so cute so the seeds have not sprouted yet and I'm looking at them like I hope you aren't too old (laughs) I don't know how (laughs) seeds work but We'll see. And then the other thing is I pretty much live on the Marco Polo app. I've mentioned this app before in our favorite things episode. I'm so glad to have it. Uh, my oh, friends and family. Yes. the Those of us who are working from home um, or just those of us who are at home, we're able to just send short video messages back and forth all day. And it's just really a great way to stay connected. Mm-hmm. So yes. what other advice or resources or or things do we want to lift up? Well, I just want to say that you have parenting a 2-year-old is very different from parenting a 5-year-old. Oh boy. And yeah. I totally understand needing to have space to work because 2-year-olds are so different. So like you said, everyone has different set of circumstances that they're mm-hmm. trying to navigate and I think I've seen the best and the worst of us coming out and I totally understand, but I think leaning into love and compassion and understanding right now and like doing our part and to support each other. I know we're all stressed out, but the last thing that you need to do is lash out at somebody. Um, it doesn't help anyone. So I just want to reiterate that and just acknowledge your unique set of challenges that are different from mine, even though we're kind of in the same situation. It's also very different. Yeah. It's also very different. 
So some things that I've been thinking about and trying to do is as much as I'm able to kind of keep the flow of resources going, I'm trying to do that. And I know that I can only do one, one part of that, but if you can support local businesses in some way, do it. You know, mm-hmm. there's folks I know around here that are doing takeout restaurants that are doing takeout and delivery, make sure you're tipping people well, buy gift certificates. Like our area has a fund for laid off restaurant workers because all the restaurants and bars have been told to close. Mm-hmm. I'm also thinking about the money I would have spent on services. Like I was going to get a massage this week. My work, my goodness, we are in a different world, but just how I could keep that flow of money going to, to help businesses that are really struggling right now. Um, and I know I can't do it all, but I can at least do something in this mm-hmm. moment. So those are some of the things I'm thinking about in terms of keeping the flow of resources going. I don't know if you have other ideas, Ashley. Yeah. In that same vein, something that has occurred to me and I think is important to recognize is that our loved ones might be losing work and there are some kind of right and wrong ways to offer help right now. There, I came across a really great post on Captain Awkward, and we'll link it in the show notes that talks about this, about how to help our loved ones whose livelihoods are affected. And it's things that we've talked about on our show before in talking about just grief and help and how to offer help. And it's things like offering specific help. Don't Mm -hmm. put the responsibility on the other person to ask. And instead of just saying like, let me know what I can do. That's so open-ended just offer the specific help that you can provide. Like, can I pick up some groceries for you on my next trip and leave them Mm -hmm. on your porch? You know, specific things like that. And I have a couple of family members that do work in the service economy in the restaurant industry that I've done exactly that. Like just Mm -hmm. said, Hey, you know, I can't just offer unlimited financial support, but I can pick up groceries for you. I can Mm -hmm. get your electric bill, things Mm -hmm. like that. So just when you get to that point, let me know, don't, don't worry. Right. And if you're someone who needs something, I've seen that the United way is doing a campaign where you can call a number and get connected to local resources. So Mm -hmm. if you're struggling to pay a bill, just know, um, the United Way is set up to help you connect with people. And I think the longer this goes on, the more things like that will be popping I think so up. Too. Mm-hmm. So um, just know that we are we recognize that we have listeners who are probably in the position of losing their jobs and yeah. that we want to support you too. Um, another thing I've been thinking about is just taking care of our bodies. And mm-hmm. um, I know not everybody has a sweet workout set up at home. Like maybe you're not a group fitness instructor like me, but there's <laughs> lots of free resources online. I mean, my goodness, there's so much. Thank goodness for the internet, y'all. I'm so grateful. Yes. Um, so on YouTube, some of my favorites are Yoga with Adrian. And mm-hmm. even if you're new yes. to yoga, do you love her? She's I so do cute. love her. She's got tons of classes and she yep. even has just meditations for dealing with anxiety too. So there's yoga for everything that you could possibly want. Yes. It's very accessible. Like yeah. For beginners. She's adorable. Mm-hmm. She's very sweet. And then another one that's a little bit more just like get down to it is Fitness Blender. Um, they have tons of videos and you can look for low impact cardio. They, if you have some weights, they have workouts for that. Um, but really, really good. Just like if you want a quick get down to it workout, they have really, really good programs and Pop Sugar Fitness is the other one. Um, they have every kind of class. Like if you want to do Zumba or bar or kickboxing, they have tons of free classes. So you can pretty much find anything that you want. And a lot of them, like I said, don't require much equipment at all. And if you can get outdoors, um, long walks, bike rides, remember that 
in this moment, like the outside is still available to us mm-hmm. if you can do it. Um, and I found too, like I'll come across someone and we keep our distance, but we can at least say hello mm-hmm. <laughs> when, yeah. when we pass, pass each other. So it does feel like a little less isolating and also just to take in nature. It's spring here in North Carolina. So we've got birds making nests and the trees and just lots of good nature That's stuff nice. happening, which is nice. Yeah. I won't spend too much time talking about this because I have talked about it in our most recent Kindred's pick, but Mama Strong has been a lifeline for me. If you want more information about it, you can go back and listen to that Kindred's pick episode. But what I'm loving about it is that the instructor, Courtney, is filming her workouts in real time. So Mm -hmm. in her videos, she's able to actually address the anxieties, the fears, the stresses of the present moment and how like this day's exercise is kind of tailored to help. And so in that way, it feels communal, even though I'm doing the videos by myself in my bedroom after Avery goes to bed, you know, but you don't need any equipment for those videos either. It helps to have a mat. You don't need one. It helps to have some weights, but you don't need those either. She has all kinds of modifications for low impact and high impact. So I recommend Mama Strong if you um, have $5 a month. Yeah, that's great. So many good resources. So taking care of our spirits, we've talked about this a little bit, and I hate to be the one millionth person to jump on the meditation bandwagon, but I really think... (laughs) This is a great time to practice meditation. Um, yeah. And one talk in particular that I was sharing with Ashley before we started recording, Elizabeth Gilbert just did a really great talk on fear for the app Insight Timer. Mm-hmm. And it is free. Their meditations are free. There is a paid option, but you can listen to it for free. And she does a about 20-minute talk on dealing with fear her whole life. And one of the practices that she recommends is writing a letter to your fear from love. And she describes lots of ways that you could think about that, but I did it yesterday and it was really, really lovely to remember that we are not alone, Mm -hmm. that we are, we are loved. We are held. No one knows what's going to happen, but we're not going to do this by ourselves. Um, so that was really, really, really great. And there's also a YouTube channel that I like for in the morning called great meditations. And they have a lot of 10 minute guided practices. I find for me, 10 minutes is kind of the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want longer, there's tons of options for that. But for me, like I can commit to 10 minutes. Right. So great meditations is a wonderful resource again, free on YouTube. I don't have much to add to that aside from, I think Instagram has been a really great place for people to share. Mm-hmm. I, it's been really interesting. You mentioned the John legend free concert. I've seen some other, uh, celebrities and musicians and creators just getting on Instagram live and doing talks. And there was a great one. I think it was last Friday, but Lizzo did this really beautiful 30 minute meditation with a mantra on Instagram. We will link it in the show notes, but I want to watch that. She set up this right in front of the camera. She put this altar of beautiful crystals and lit incense and she played music on a recorder. And then she just talked about fear and like what we're all thinking and then ways we can help. And then she offered a mantra and, It was really beautiful and it's been really, for me, it's been inspiring to see these kind of famous people really stripped down, you know, no makeup in their kind of like bathrobe. John Legend was like, I'm wearing my bathrobe and pajama bottoms as I'm playing this live concert at my piano. (laughs) Chrissy was wearing a towel. (laughs) Yeah, she 
was. And they had at one point Luna, their daughter. It's Luna, right? I think. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, but their daughter was sitting on the piano and he was taking requests and she asked for Tale as Old as Time from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and I mean, it's just, it's been really cool to see folks and remember that we're kind of like, even though we think these people are on pedestals and yes, they're rich and yes, they're famous, but like. They're, They're still home too. Humans. They're still stuck in there. Albeit really nice giant houses. Houses. Yes. <laughs> but I don't know. There's just something that makes me feel disconnected to the world, like you were yeah, saying earlier. So, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. It's very humanizing. Mm-hmm. And in terms of trying to stay connected with each other, lots of churches and faith communities are streaming their services for the first time. So it might be a good time to connect with a faith leader or community from another part of the country, right? Like you could, you could be streaming yes. um, church from almost anywhere now. So yeah. that's kind of fun. And I'll just share one thing that we're trying to do, um, the Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. We teamed up with a number of, of partner organizations to offer this short video series called Sustaining Communities, hashtag Sustaining Communities. So each day we'll offer short videos, like one to two minutes on how you can stay engaged and supported and active in the work of justice, even while we're physically distancing from each other. Mm-hmm. And we also have a call for video submission. So if you have an idea, please share it. There's some really good stuff on there. So check it out on, it's mostly on Facebook and, and Twitter. I've seen a couple of the videos already. They're great. I think what y'all are doing is really special. Yeah, we just want to do something and share um, what we're thinking about, I'm doing one on deep breathing. And then I did one about appreciating just like the small things mm-hmm. that are bringing me joy. And I speaking of it. that, should we talk about what we're, how yes. we're entertaining ourselves? I think that's maybe the best way. How, how are we are entertaining we? ourselves in these, in these times? Yes. <laughs> okay. I will, I will go first um, okay. because it's very off brand for me. But we are like in unusual times, so we got to keep it on the lighter side. And um, Matt and I are watching Love is Blind on Netflix. Have you heard of this show? I've heard of it. I have not watched it. I think I listened to too many spoilers about it already, and I'm like, "Ah, I just won't won't watch it. But I'm very excited to hear about your take on it. I've I've stayed away from the spoilers, so I don't know anything about the endings, but... um, just to take our minds off things, we're watching about half of an episode at night. And it's this twist on matchmaking shows. They pair up single people on dates, but they can't see each other. So they're in separate rooms. They can only mm-hmm. talk. It's actually kind of sweet to watch the connections that are made on this pure emotional level, just through conversation. Um, I'm sure it will get much more drama filled as we watch mm-hmm. the later episodes. But the first two were just, they were really sweet because people are just having to share about their lives with each other and, and make connections without having seen each other. It's something... There's something very different about it, and it, I don't know, it removes some of the stuff that you might encounter with, like, I can't watch The Bachelor anymore. No, I can't It's, like, too drama-filled, too many commercials, too too much censorship. Too formulaic now. Yeah. Yeah. This feels like a nice kind of twist, and um, I was joking with my staff this week. They were like, it's a perfect dating show for physical distancing, (laughs) because people are in separate rooms. (laughs) So if if you want something that's kind of just light and reminds you of how much we all want to be loved, right? Um, Yes. I really recommend Love is Blind. It's it's sweet so far. First two episodes anyway. When you finish it, you should go back and listen to the Call Your Girlfriend podcast episode all about Love is Blind. Aminatu binged it in like a week and then they talked all about it. And that's where 
that's where oh. I first heard about it. And it's all, it's very spoiler filled, but okay. analysis of it is so interesting. I think you would be, uh, I think you would like to go and listen to that once you're finished. So nothing yeah. spoiled. And so one thing I will say is I feel like ugh, this is going to give shade to the people on The Bachelor, but I feel like the people on this show are just really smart. <laughs> <laughs> and they just talk, they're very self-aware and they talk intelligently about, most of them talk very intelligently about their lives. And that's a refreshing too. Um, well, at this point, The Bachelor is really just a jumping off platform for folks to start their influencing careers. Like yeah. there, there's no secret that that is why most people go on The Bachelor. Right. <laughs> not to get married to The Bachelor. Which is a more realistic goal anyway for a show like that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. What about you? My turn. So I've been debating sharing this, but it's just so good that I want to tell folks about it. I just finished a podcast series called Dying for Sex. This recommendation comes with major caveats, though, because as you might pick up from the title, Dying for Sex, the show is about a woman who is diagnosed with terminal cancer. She decides to leave her already troubled marriage and she spends the time she has left exploring her sexuality. Some episodes are very explicit (laughs) about the sexual encounters that she has, mostly with people that she meets on online dating apps. So if that is not your thing, feel free to skip this one. No judgment. There is also heavy content just related to death, coming to terms with mortality, and exploring childhood trauma. But this show is just so good. It's funny. It's beautiful. It's moving. It's thoughtful. It's one of those shows that stayed with me. I can't stop thinking about it. The two hosts are Nikki and Molly. Molly is the one who has cancer. They have been best friends for 20 years. They've been through everything together. And this show is basically a time capsule of how they are dealing with Molly's mortality together and individually and just how they're showing up for each other as friends. The show ends after six episodes and it doesn't take a lot to figure out why. Be sure to listen to the bonus interview with Nikki at the end. It's just, it's an incredible gift uh, that they've given, I think. And I listened to the whole thing over the course of last weekend when, when my anxiety about the pandemic was really starting to ramp up. And it was just what I needed to get my mind off of things. I don't know. I just really loved it. So that is the podcast, Dying for Sex. I think you should check it out, but I understand if you don't. Yeah, you recommended it to me, and I'm an episode behind you. So I haven't finished it yet, mm-hmm. but um, I can totally see where it's going. Yeah. But it's it's strange how it is very lighthearted in a way, and mm-hmm. it's I, I think it's just their honesty, yeah. and it really is about love. I mean, this is. Is a, this is a podcast about love between friends, mm-hmm. love in your family, and how complicated that is, and just kind of the universal love that holds all of us. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. I'm so it glad is. you recommended it to me. And in the last episode, Molly talks a lot about the idea of soulmates. And as I was listening to it, I was thinking, oh, man, this is a whole aspect of the soulmate concept that we didn't even really explore when we recorded our last episode, you and I. Mm -hmm. And I just was listening and thinking, man, the truths that people come to when they're facing the sort of limitations of of our humanity, of our human bodies, like it's just – it's really beautiful. So 
Yeah. Um, I'm glad you got a chance to listen to it too. Yeah. All right, dear one, you're up for our kindred of the moment, which All right. I'm glad that it was your turn. <laughs> listen. <laughs> listen. Ashley is feisty today. <laughs> Bear with me. I love it. We need your feistiness. My kindred of the moment is the human spirit and our collective resilience. Yes. There is not one person who's going to save us from this pandemic or who's going to eradicate poverty and inequality or who's going to stop climate change. We have to stop looking for saviors in politics, in business, or in faith. So today, I want to recognize the divine spirit in all of us. The healthcare workers all over the world on the front lines of fighting the spread of coronavirus, the families inside their homes practicing social distancing to protect others, the Italians singing from mm. their balconies to remind themselves and their neighbors that we are all in this together. Y'all, this is holy work, every bit of it. And as we say in the social justice world, this work isn't a sprint. It's not a marathon. It's a relay. Mm -hmm. We all do our part when we take the baton. We do the best we can with it while we have it. And then we hand it to the next person. And every leg of the journey gets us a little bit closer in creating the world we want to live in. On earth as it is in heaven. So. Y'all, I think Ashley just became a, a preacher. <laughs> I think we need to start calling her reverend. <laughs> that was so beautiful and so good. Oh, thanks. That is it for this episode, uh, y'all. That's it. That's all we got. That's all we've got. We will likely resume our normal recording schedule soon, but honestly, who knows? <laughs> we want Kindreds to be a light for you. So if there is something specific you'd like to hear about, please reach out by emailing us at team at kindredspodcast.com or you can follow us on our new Instagram account that we now Yay. have lots of time to post on. <laughs> we will be on Instagram, that is yes, for sure. <laughs> at Kindreds Podcast or you can tweet Katie at Katie's A on Twitter. And until then, take care of yourselves and each other. And Katie, I will talk to you soon. Mm -hmm. Love you, friends. Love you. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website, kindredspodcast.com. That's kindreds with an S. Or you can send us an email at team at kindredspodcast.com. You can also follow me, Katie, on Twitter at Katie Zay. That's Katie with an E-Y-Z-E-H. Please send us your thoughts, ideas, and questions. We'd love to hear from you. 